Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. Let us record this and call that, and there he is. This week on Dueling Review, we take a look at Lobster Johnson and the Metal Monsters of Midtown Number 2, written by Mike Mignola and John Arcudi. The face-off against giant robots continues as Lobster Johnson's investigation leads him to a woman whose story reveals the ancient origins behind the machine's gleaming exteriors. So what you think of... Uh, Lobster Johnson and the Mechanical Monsters of Midtown, number two, Matthew. Well, initially I read number one. Well, hopefully you would, because otherwise this issue wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Well, that's not true either. I kind of accidentally read number one, but yes, number two. Oh, well, number one was, I thought, even better than number two. Honestly, I agree with you. I really like the fact that number two... One kind of throws us right into the middle of something. Yeah, again. Which, which is what I like because that's how you would open up a, a classic serial, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think uh, like the uh, Superman versus the Mechanical Monsters opens yes. up very much the same way. And so I really dig that in this serial format that you would expect from a 1930s mystery hero like uh, Lobster Johnson. Come back to New York in 1937 with the adventures of Lobster Johnson and the Metal Monsters of Midtown. Part two, yeah, the so, lady vanishes. Well, it's interesting about part two is because we really, uh, when the first issue ended, we don't really know anything about these monsters or every right. clue that Lobster Johnson and his team has tried to track down just leads them to a dead end uh, until they come across um, these engineers and owners of a particular um, Zinco or something uh, metal company manufacturer mm-hmm. and they go and investigate and they discover this woman who has uh, killed her husband and in this issue she reveals the story of how he came to possess the power to create fantastic metal monsters that no bullet can pierce its armor no bolts no screws how does it run 
And I thought that was even an interesting story, too, because we get a flashback to her telling almost a um, Lovecraftian horror story, right, where her husband goes down into the middle of the earth while he's vacationing in China and he gets trapped down there and he stumbles upon this ancient technology and ancient civilization that had created these things. And somehow through mysterious technology, it has been infused into his brain and then he becomes obsessed with it and uh, builds these monsters along with two other guys from the Zinco Corp. And uh, and uh, becomes a drug. He becomes addicted and turns into this horrible little monster guy. Yeah, this weird kind of big-eyed golem type fellow. So she has to uh, shoot him and dump him in the river. Uh, it's because it's sad. such a horrible embarrassment to her, I, I'm guessing. Or else she yeah. doesn't want other people to find out about this stuff. <laughs> And uh, I love the fact that she refers to them as Hyperboreans as well. Well, yeah, that was cool, too. Right. It's just like, oh, this is mixing the best of like the shadow and Doc Savage and Mm -hmm. Conan all together in this. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like Lobster Johnson so much. This I mean, as much as a ripoff, I don't want to say ripoff homage that this is to (laughs) those other properties. A loving homage. Yes, truly. This is the best of those characters, right? Because uh, if this had been a shadow story and told in this same way, it would have been really, really cool. But you read the shadow over at the dynamite and the tales, I don't know. They don't have that sense of wonderment and adventure. And maybe it's because they're giant metal monsters and that, you know, brings in the whole sci-fi aspect of everything that this becomes a little bit more interesting. But I just thought that of all of the pulp hero comics that I've read in a long time, in, in a really long time, this one was, superior to any of them this is really solid and the weird part about lobster johnson is the lobster as the lobster is he is kind of a proto superhero type oh sure he's not a pure pulp hero he's not a pure superhero but the combination that they have really allows them to use the best of the avenger and the shadow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and g8 and take all that stuff and just kind of boil it down and tell these stories that also tie into weird Lovecraftian stuff and old Greek mythology and, you know, the Fleischer Brothers Superman cartoon yeah, yeah, yeah. from 1939. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it was just really good as from, from the story. And then, of course, the bulk of this issue, this is a three-issue miniseries. So mm-hmm. you really have to get this done in a beginning, middle, and ending act. The beginning chapter uh, started off with a bang and set up the, the menace that these monsters uh, have. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter two gives us the backstory. And then the cliffhanger is one of these giant robots controlled by one of the other men of the company have come uh-huh. to grab her because she has the information. And uh, so it just kind of ends with one of the monsters trying to smash into her building. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to pick it up in then chapter three in the final part of our three-part serial to see. Join us if, next time for part three of Lobster Johnson yeah. and the Metal Man of Midtown. And we'll and we'll have to see how he wraps it up and defeats these. It's just simple. Boom, boom, boom. Beginning, middle, and end. I love that in storytelling. And I thought this was really tight. Unfortunately, you know, some of the other Lobster Johnson stuff where they try to stretch it out over six issues, it just mm-hmm. feels really long when you have to stretch that story out. Uh, here you're compressing it as tight as you can mm-hmm. to make the action still move, even though you're telling giant flashback uh, voiceover narrative stuff. Right. Um, the only drawback to compressing it into three chapters, I think, is you don't get a chance to let some of the character development happen. Yes, there's not as much room for the story and the characters to breathe. Well, and that's a question that I wonder, because 
do we need to know everything about the personal lives of Lobster Johnson's assistants? In chapter one, there is the um, uh, conversation between our Penny Pretty Girl, the um, uh, radio announcer, and the Uh black mechanic. And you can tell that there's something going on there. And he's like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. And she's like, this is exactly what we said we were going to do. And it's and it's like, well, that's good little drama and character development. But in this kind of a story, do we really need to see the assistants and the sidekicks become fully formed and fleshed um, characters? Or do they just need to fulfill their role stepping in, you know, swinging the axe at the right time and then getting out? I think that because this is built on that that Hellboy format of, yes, this is issue two, but the inside cover tells us this is number 25 right. of an ongoing right, of, of the Lobster in, in Lobster's life. Mm-hmm. I do like that. I like that that old school thing where there are some side plots and there's, you know, B plots and subplots and all these sorts of plotses and plotsing going on. I really appreciate that part. And I feel like I do agree with you that the six issue one that we, I think we read like the last issue or the second last issue of one. Yeah. That one felt a little too big. This one might feel a little too small. I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if maybe four issues, you know, the, the traditional classic four issue limited series format might not be that happy medium that we're looking for. Also, I thought his lobster claw was red. Uh, no, I think it's always been blue. He's a blue lobster. Yeah. Yeah. He's the lobster. What did you think of the art? Uh, this is um, – who is the artist on this? Tanchi Zonyik. Tanchi Zonyik. Um, I love Tanchi Zonyik. I love the fact that the wife is basically Frida Kahlo. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. The, his art is really, really stylish and really mm-hmm. solid. There's definitely a little bit in here of the remember you're playing in Mignola's uh, sandbox, right? So make sure you've got your heavy blacks and make sure you've got your your Mignola. Well, kind I think of and I think that's and I think that's a Dave Stewart coloring that that gives that that heavy lines yeah. and everything and the high contrast I think that, stuff. But this doesn't to have to some degree. I th- I feel like. Because I've I've read Tanchi Zanyuk before. He was the uh, artist on one of my favorite books that nobody loves, Marvel Divas, mm. which was basically Sex in the City with Hellcat, Firestar, the Black Cat, and uh, Captain Marvel mm-hmm. as basically four awesome women having awesome adventures and you know being in there. So I like him as an artist, and I feel like it's something that is both evocative of. Yes, this is clearly, you know, created by and existing in a world created by Mike Mignola. But it's also something that stands on its own and mm-hmm. is its own separate art style. Yeah, there's no squared off fingers. There's nothing like that. It's yeah. I mean, the characters faces are very uh, can be very full of expression, which is something mm-hmm. that you sometimes don't get in when Mignola's doing his own art where everybody kind of seems a little stiff until there needs to be action. This one's very fluid throughout. Um, and can get kind of creepy. Um, I think the one thing, if you were to say that it's, it's a little bit smoother than what you would find in Hellboy. Um, yeah. And that can be a little, you know, disconcerting when you're thinking that you're reading something that's in that Hellboy universe. But yeah. overall, I thought the arts and the colors were fantastic, especially on the pages where her husband is discovering the um, the civilization under the mountain in the caves. And I think the rendering of the light and the shadows in that um, from from Stewart is fantastic. And the fact that he actually drew 
1928 Isota Fraschini. Yeah, 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 in the bottom of the river. That's that's actually the car. Yeah, yeah. That is what it should look like. That's amazing to me because you don't necessarily always see that. Not everyone can draw cars mm-hmm. and certainly not necessarily a classic car that actually looks like the classic car. So that impressed me. I felt that yeah. that was really nice. And Lobster always looks kind of lumpy and Mignola-ish, and I like that. Well, he looks – he doesn't look like your typical like Doc Savage. He doesn't look like right. your Superman. He looks kind of like a, a little toadish man when you look at his face closely, <laughs> right? It's kind yeah. of – it's kind his, of His mask gorilla. is designed to look a little weird and yeah, yeah. his face almost looks a little brutish, and that's really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Have we ever seen Johnson with his mask off? I don't know. Maybe I can't remember have. having. We may have when he's a ghost. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I thought this was this was really good. And there's this motif of cables breaking throughout the series. Multiple times it's happened in, in both issues. So I wonder if that's going to be a key component when we get into um, issue three. For me, I say go out and pick up issues one and two and then three when it comes out. But depending on how they would price this and how they gather it, maybe there's another three issue um, lobster Johnson tail that they'll collect in a two, in a in a trade paperback, but mm-hmm. I think an oversight, you know, uh, an eighty page or yeah, what, wouldn't that be eighty pages for three I'd issues, so, something yeah. like that? Do eighty page uh, collection of this in a single mm-hmm. story for five bucks, six six bucks, something like the that. eighty page giants of old. Yeah, for six bucks, and I think this would sell because it it feels like it's super tight, it's you know super self contained. And it's really a lot of fun. So I'm giving this a big thumbs up this week for me. I just thought that this was a heck of a lot of fun. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And of course, I always love Pulp Tales. And this one to me just feels like Pulp Tale done right. Yes, very much so. I agree with you. I may not love it as much as you do, but I don't love Pulp as much as you do. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it is appealing even to me as someone who can kind of take or leave his Pulp stories. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's solid. It's very yeah, cool. Yeah, really very good. All right. Uh, so everybody go check that out. That is from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, coming out in the near future, next week, in fact, uh, Dark Horse Comics has Bounty Number 1 and uh, Mystery Girl it's Trade Paperback and Baltimore Empty Graves Number 4. That one should be interesting, too. We've reviewed the, the first couple of issues here on the major sp- on a Dueling Review. And uh, the other thing is these are uh, books that are scheduled to come out on the 6th, but because of the holiday weekend, you better check with your local comic shop to make sure that they will have stuff on the 6th and not the day after on the 7th. DC Comics says Aquaman number two, Batman number two, Batman Beyond number 14, The Flintstones number one. Flintstones. I wonder how that uh, I wonder how that one's going to come come down. Well, did you read Wacky Raceland? No, I didn't. I did. Because I wasn't too interested in um, another Mad Max tale. Well, Wacky Raceland was really solid. And again, the very things that you can mock about it, Mm -hmm. much as with Scooby Apocalypse, become the strengths of the story. Cool. The things that people have been saying, oh, this is never going to work, actually are the things that kind of hinge it all together. So I would say that of the books that I've read thus far in the new Hanna-Barbera oeuvre, uh, Wacky Raceland is probably the least impressive, mm. but it's still a good book. And part of that is because Future Quest number one was freaking fantastic. Cool. 
And because Scooby Apocalypse was really solid. Yeah, it really was. And both issues of Scooby Apocalypse I enjoyed a lot. Uh, Future Quest number two does come out next week as well, as does Green Arrow number two, Green Lantern number two, Sheriff of Babylon number eight, and Superman number two, just uh, some of the books that are coming out. IDW Publishing, where this week they had a slew of books out there. Next week they have a smaller week with Angry Birds Comics number seven, uh, Brutal Nature number three, Donald Duck number 13, Jack Kirby, Mighty Thor Artist Edition. That's one of those Please Inquire books, which is probably going to be a couple hundred bucks if you can afford that. I think the, the Please Inquires previously on those had been like 125 150 I think, is what the um, uh, um, Rocketeer one was. Yeah. And I think I got the um, Thor one. The Simons well. and Thor, the Simons yeah. Simons and Thor, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are really great collections to, to have and to enjoy and check them out. Uh, Image nice. Comics next week has Black Science number 22. That's a mature reader's book. In fact, we've mentioned this before. A lot of the books out of Image Comics, if they don't have a mature reader's title by it, maybe we should just say, oh, that one's not a mature reader's. Like Faster Than Light number eight. Um, Fuse number 19, Midnight of the Soul number two. Isn't there Jupiter's Legacy? No, that must have been out this week or something. Um, Revival Legacy. number 41. Uh, spread number Ooh. 14. Switch number four. Throwaways number one. That's a mature reader's book. Uh, mm-hmm. And Tokyo Ghost number eight. Oh, also The Walking Dead number 156, in case anyone's interested in that title. Although I don't know why you would be. Marvel Comics has The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man number 15, Captain America Sam Wilson number 11, Civil War two Kingpin number one, and Civil War two X-Men number two. Oh. Those should be interesting if you're looking for some Civil War tie-in stuff. I was kind of interested in checking out that Kingpin story. Uh, Daredevil, I'm sorry. Deadpool versus Gambit number two, Daredevil Punisher number three, Hawkeye and the Thunderbolts, trade paperback volume two, Invincible Iron Man number 11. That is where um, Mary Jane becomes Iron Man. Ooh, Iron Jane. Moon Knight number four, Silver Surfer number five. My son was so proud he finally earned enough little uh, Lego coins so he could buy the million dollar Silver Surfer figure in his uh, Lego Avengers game. Wow. He was telling me all about it on the way home tonight. He's the five-year-old, so. (laughs) Spider-Woman number nine. Spidey number eight. Uh, Let's see, what do we have? Star Wars Han Solo number two. Totally awesome Hulk number eight. He's about ready to quit the Avengers. Uh, Is he an Avenger? I don't know. He just says, I quit. I don't know. There's this whole thing about Divided We Fall where it seems like all the younger heroes, the millennial heroes, the heroes of any kind of uh, (laughs) uh, color are all split from the older um, heroes. So, the way I understand it is there there may be a fundamental schism. Yeah, you people are old and you're putting us uh, down, Whitey. Well, it, and, it actually uh, may be a more be... of a fundamental schism than that. Oh, yeah, protect the future, right? Right. I believe protecting the future may actually involve the execution of another hero. Mm-hmm. If I've been reading all these secret secrets right. So well, we'll just see. read Civil War. It'll tell you what's going on there. It just seems like on the back end of this that it just seems like it is another – Civil War now between the older set and the younger set, the uh-huh. the two generational splits. And it just seems rather odd on, on one side, again, led by, I'm guessing that's Tony Stark and the Iron Man mask holding it. Um, you've got Captain America on that side. You've got Elektra on that side. You've got Captain uh, Marvel on that side. Um, what's her face? Agent of shield, the head of shield, black Panthers on that side. You have she Hulk, you know, what's her face agent of shield. Oh yeah. What's the one that runs it? now a maria maria hill yeah and then on the other side you have 
You have Amadeus Sorry. Cho. You have Miles Morales. You have mm-hmm. um, Ms. Marvel. You mm-hmm. have, um, I don't know who the woman is in the big giant. Is she like a female war machine? Uh, that looks is like. Riri. Okay, so there's Riri. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Spider like Gwen. Um, and you, you just really have a much, div- much more of a diverse group of people on the Ms. Marvel, uh, all the, all the new hotness is is on. Yeah. Which is really weird. I I'm, so I'm kind of interested now to see where they're going. He's not on either one of those teams. Well, he should be pick a side, Howard. Well, maybe that's going to be, maybe that's uh, the person that dies and that we have to save. I don't know. I'm sure we'll talk about it more as this rolls out. I believe the, the Amadeus Cho, I quit kicks off in July. I want to say, um, but but we'll see what happens. The whole Marvel Now thing will happen this fall. Marvel Now. So be on the lookout for it. Uh, next week, from all the rest, we have 4001 AD Shadow Man number one. The 4000 AD is, or 4001 AD is Valiant Entertainment's big crossover for the uh, summer, which a lot of people mm-hmm. are, are big on. Um, let's see. Bob's Burgers ongoing number 13. Brick number one. That's B-R-I-K number one. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's about. It's a mature reader's book at $1.99. Oh, no, not for it's, mature it, readers. It's Legos having and it, sex. And it would be B-R-I-C-K. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Control number two. Doctor Who Supremacy of the Cybermen number one. Uh, Ghoul Scouts Knights of the Unliving Dead number two. Uh, I'm Age number five. Invader Zim number 11. Jackpot number three. Kaiju Max season two number three. Kim and Kim number one. No idea what that's about, but it's also mature readers. Oh, uh, One Punch Man gets a graphic novel number seven for only nine nice. bucks, nine ninety nine. What is this? Pig, goat, banana, cricket, hardcover, volume <laughs> one, Orgle Borgle. I think I think that they're starting to just put this stuff in here just to see if we'll read it. Pig, goat, banana, <laughs> cricket, hardcover, volume one, Orgle Borgle. Thirteen bucks if you want to pick that up. I think that was Marshall's password in that episode of How I Met Your Mother. Well, I'm now I'm interested in seeing what the hell it is. What is this? And who is it by? It, it, oh, it's Nickelodeon. Based on the new Nickelodeon cartoon by comics creators uh, Johnny Ryan mm-hmm. uh, and Dave Cooper. Uh-huh. Lunatic Magazine is having a special contest at a li- lifetime prize to the Arcaval. Arcaval. I don't know what that is. Uh, Pig, Goat, Banana, Cricket. Those are your your characters. Right. And Orgel so, Borgel is the event that they're going on. I don't, I don't know what goes on with the kids these days in their cartoons. Right. And all their music is just Uncle, noise. Uncle Grandpa. Uh, Clarence. Uncle Grandpa has its moments. It's. Would know. Saw five seconds of the first episode and said, nope. Uncle Grandpa embraces absurdity in ways that. You probably haven't seen in comics since maybe Bob Clampett. So I can appreciate it, but I don't love it. Super Zero Although number the Uncle six Grandpa comes out Steven next Universe crossover was pretty awesome. Yeah, but not in continuity, apparently. No. Uh, Woods number 24 and Zen Hard Bounty Trade Paperback. That's your Zen Intergalactic Ninja. 20 bucks for that. Those are just some of the books that you can find at your local comic book shop next week. And uh, make sure to head over to Major Spoilers probably on Tuesday because of the holiday to check out the complete list. Next week on Dueling Review. 
Doctor Who Supremacy of the Cybermen Number 1, written by George Mann and Kevin Scott, art by Alessandro Vitti and Various. I love Various. Various' work is amazing. Oh, For so the Cybermen. Huh? Does so much of it. Right? Various is everywhere. For the Cybermen's 50th anniversary, you will be deleted. Exiled from Gallifrey at the very end of time, Rassilon, fallen leader of the Time Lords, has been captured by the last of the Cybermen. Now the Cybermen have access to time travel, and with it, every defeat is now a victory. Every foe is now dead or cyberized. Titan Comics 2016 Doctor Who event and the biggest Doctor Who story of the year begins right here. You can show your support for this show and everything we do at Major Spoilers by becoming a very important person at members.majorspoilers.com. Your contribution allows us to keep the show going, pay for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more content for you. Thank you so much for checking out Dueling Review, and we will talk with you next time when you will hear Matthew say, I've always been big, darling. It's the pictures that got small. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.